It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. We are back with another episode of On the Clock. I am your host, Brett Whitefield, and I'm joined again by Christopher Wecht, getting close to the end of our draft recap series. Chris, how are you? I'm doing good. Yep, he's, feels like the draft was already like a month ago. I know. It was only a week ago. <laughs> Pretty wild. Um, today we're going to do the East teams, the AFC East and the NFC East. Let's just jump right in today. We'll go AFC East first. Let's start with Buffalo Bills. Chris, how did you feel about their draft class overall? Uh, the Bills was one of the better drafts, I think. Uh, I really liked what they did. You know, they they trade up a bit to get Kincaid and make sure that Dallas doesn't get him because they thought Dallas would be interested in a tight end. Getting Osiris Torrance in the in round two pick is very nice. I'd have to go with my favorite pick being Dalton Kincaid. Just the fact that they committed to we need more weapons. We've been calling for the Bills to invest more heavily in, in getting weapons and not being so kind of like one-dimensional on offense and just not having a lot of tricks up their sleeve. This should definitely help them open up other parts of their offense. Yeah, the Kincaid pick was was awesome. I mean, it's exactly what we've been pounding the table for Buffalo to do. Now, wasn't necessarily in a receiver, but Kincaid is basically a, a big receiver. So um, I, I really like it. I think it's going to help that offense a lot. I think it helps even guys like Gabe Davis where, you know, I, in an ideal world, Davis develops into more than just a deep threat. Mm-hmm. But we don't live in an ideal world, and sometimes roles are just roles. And it's like, well, Kincaid's presence will allow Gabe Davis to just be Gabe Davis. Um, not great for fantasy. I think Davis takes a hit there. But as far as team goes and, and play calling and roster construction, I think this probably elevates the value that Davis brings to the table because he can just focus on being him and doing the things he does well. Well, so Kincaid should dominate the short, intermediate part of the field in the middle and give Allen like a, a really good easy target routinely i also want to throw out or cyrus torrance though as the best pick option yep this was really good value i mean he was getting consistently mocked i I went back and just looked at some of the mocks right before the draft this was the guy everyone was mocking to them in the first round so the fact that they get him a whole round later with their second pick is pretty awesome he's gonna play you know start right away for them at right guard probably and um we've talked about them getting consistent on the offensive line they've kind of They've been good now for, what, four years? They've been like a player for like four years, and they've shuffled that offensive line every single offseason. They lost, lose a guy, bring in two, lose two. It's just I, I like the idea of getting more consistent there. And this is probably, you know, other than tyrants going in now, this is like probably the most consistency they've had on the O-line, and then they're just kind of upgrading it slightly with Torrance here. So big win for me. Yep. Worst pick, I went Dorian Williams, linebacker out of Tulane. I'm sure you did too. Yeah, yeah. They don't have many picks to go from, and the fact that they felt the need to spend a high capital pick on a linebacker just feels like a very Bills thing as they like to invest in non-premium positions on defense in particular. Yeah. Just they, just didn't need to do it. They hammer those middle-of-the-field coverage defenders, whether they're safeties or linebackers. They just constantly are throwing resources that direction. 
for what they do on defense, you kind of understand it. They're like a super zone heavy team. They rely mm-hmm. on those athletic linebackers to cover a lot of ground. So, but it just was a big reach. It felt like they were forcing a need here. He was yeah. 137 on my big board. He was even lower on Joe Marino's big board, who is like the Buffalo Bills expert. I wouldn't, you know, I trust his opinion on the Bills more than anybody, and he hated this pick. So, yeah, like utterly hated it. They would have been um, so, totally fine with AJ Klein and Matt Milano being their every down linebackers. And hundred percent, Matt Milano's a top five linebacker in the NFL. Yeah. He's better than Tremaine Edmonds, the guy they just lost. Yep. All you need AJ Klein to do is take on bodies and let yep. Matt Milano do the rest. So, I agree with you. I don't. Also, Klein's familiarity with the defense, like it's perfect. Like he he probably ends up starting this whole season anyways, right? Because Tom or Dorian. Yeah, I, yeah um, I don't even think Dorian Williams gets on the field really. Yeah. So for a team trying to like win a Super Bowl, I, I know you always have to have the future in mind, but it's like you probably could have checked both boxes, got a, a player for the future and someone who contributes right now. Yeah. But maybe they felt like, you know, hitting out of the park with Kincaid and Torrance, like those players both probably start day one and play a lot of snaps. Mm-hmm. Maybe they felt like they could invest into a more future pick. But There was a lot of wide receivers still on the board there that they could have added to upgrade their wide receiver three that we saw the, their pass rush game get really weak once von miller got hurt last year there, there there was just other ways they could have hit you know check yeah. both boxes like you said surprise pick i went nick broker here um I, I actually like him i think he's got some really good tape another interior offensive lineman um you know it'd be hilarious if they somehow got both those guys into the starting lineup torrance <laughs> and broker talk about building continuity like on rookie deals you're gonna get four years out of those guys that would be awesome for the bills so i think he could surprise people with his play i think he's 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 a good player he was definitely higher on my board than dorian williams was so yeah i'm gonna go justin shorter the florida wide receiver i don't have a ton of faith that shorter is going to turn his career around but he was once a top recruit in the country he went to the school that totally misused damian pierce Kadarius tony anthony richardson anthony richardson yeah maybe there's a chance he's got something in him and they they could just really use extra juice at wide receiver, and if he does have it still in him, like he'll de- he definitely should have a shot at at doing something this year and being some kind of a role player for them. He has a very similar skill set to Gabe Davis. He's a downfield guy, body control, you know, strong at the catch point type of player. If he did impress or surprise, maybe they don't pay Gabe Davis any money and they just let him walk. Yep. So. There's, there's definitely that. I didn't love his tape, but at the same time, you, you mentioned the Florida thing. Like, he, he was basically used as like a vert threat only. <laughs> it's just he's kind of got a possession receiver mold. So, I think he, he'd be strong on some intermediate, you know, some hitches and out routes. I, I thought there was a little left on the field there with his potential in, in Florida. So, all right, let's. Uh, I went B plus for this grade. Uh, yeah, I'd go B plus. That sounds yeah. right. Didn't smash the first two picks. If they would have hit the third one with Dorian Williams, like this would have been an A, but yep. they unfortunately that took him back down to earth a little bit. So, all right, Miami. Um, best pick, I went Cam Smith. Well, you only have four picks to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this it's Cam, yeah, it's Cam Smith has to be the best pick. Yeah, yeah, this class lacked volume for sure. Um, Cam Smith though is a he's a really good corner. I think he was he was my CB five in the class. I really liked his tape. He's long. He can be physical. He can play off. He can play man. I I like guys with his his athleticism and length profile that they usually bode well. He's got some decent instincts as well. So um, 
I said I thought it was the easy easy pick there. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. They don't really have a worst pick in my eyes. There's just not many to pick from. Uh, I, I have a clear worst pick. Really? Yeah, Devin A-Chain. I mean, third round. I, I'm not a big A-Chain believer, but I'm not going to kill him for that one either. Yeah, I don't. I just don't like taking a 170-pound running back and with a premium draft pick. That's, it, it, that's like totally If you could use him as like a receiver like we've talked about. Then but they're not. That's fine, yeah, but they're not. And it is a perfect fit for A-Chain, but I just didn't like a top 90 pick on him. Top 85 pick. Yeah, what, it's totally. like 84th overall? Yeah, 84. Yeah, I just I didn't like it. Um, surprise pick, I went Ryan Hayes. I was going to – okay, I was going to go Higgins. If they use Higgins like the new Mike Gesicki. That's what yes. I kind of like. Yeah. Higgins can move. He just – he also can totally not – stumble all the time when he tries to cut <laughs> yes <clears throat> also not too dissimilar to mike gusecki yes um i think the thing with if you look at all the other receivers on their roster and then look at elijah higgins it's pretty e- obvious to say this one's not like the others yes <laughs> so maybe there is potential that he is the new mike gusecki or a guy i i think my actual comp for him for a receiver was uh Jawan jennings Yep, Mike McDaniel's created that role for him in San Francisco. So I could see either way. I think Higgins is going to be a bigger slot receiver or a tight end yeah. in that offense, and probably get scarce usage. But yeah, he could surprise. Yeah. He's I like the think- curveball for for the for the team if they were a pitcher. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I just liked I picked Hayes because I think Hayes has some really good tape. He had a, a horrible Senior Bowl, and that's kind of what knocked him down the mm-hmm. board. But they were trying him at other positions. You know, this was a left tackle. They tried him at right tackle. He just could not get the footwork right at right tackle at the senior bowl. I think that scared teams off a little bit because I don't know that he has the athleticism and strength to play um, left tackle there. But I think maybe he plays guard for Miami. And he's got some really good tape in college. So um, I think that could be a good pick for them. I went with C, though, for the overall grade, mostly due to lack of volume. And then they just didn't have any premium picks. So. Yeah, I was going to say C as well. I mean, we do have to factor in. You lose your first round pick. Like, I know you didn't make that. It's not really your fault, but well, it is your fault, but you, you know, that's bad. You trade an, another top pick for Bradley Chubb, who really didn't do anything for you last year. Um, the Tyreek trade is also factored into this. That I'd say is a win, but yeah, I'd go C. Yeah. All right, New England. This was such a New England draft class. It was <laughs> first of all, they drafted like seventeen people. Yeah, most of them were on day three. Yep. Um, I went for best pick. I went Christian Gonzalez. It's really the only pick of note in the entire draft class. Yeah, I was looking through all these, <laughs> and I was trying to find somebody I could say is better than Gonzalez. Considering they also got Gonzalez is what a lot of people would say is a value trading back and getting him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's got to be Gonzalez. Yep, and just the premium aspect. We know how New England likes those corners. We know the division they play in <clears throat> requires good cornerback play. I, I think Gonzalez has the potential to be a superstar in New England. Yeah, he's the next J.C. Jackson, Stefan Gilmore, you know, yep. all the guys that have come through there at different times. Yep, For and what's really surprising too is like he was getting that soft label kind of leading up to the mm-hmm. draft. And Belichick's the one who drafts him. And Belichick does not deal with soft corners. Like, you no. cannot be soft and play in his system. Yeah. 
So it tells me that maybe Belichick, the the CB goat, sees something that no one else did, yeah, or thinks he can get the best out of him. So um, that's exciting. And then they followed that pickup with literally the most Bill Belichick, Matt Patricia pick ever, and that's Marte Mapu, defensive back slash linebacker out of Sacramento State or Sacramento, whatever community college. I don't know. Um, this pick was horrendous. <laughs> it was bad. I mean, Dane Brugler didn't have a top 200 grade on him. That's this bad. Is just, this is just like the uh, Cole Strange Cole Strange pick last year. Yeah. It's like, I'm okay with you falling in love with players like this from really small schools. I'm okay with that. What I'm not okay with is you drafting him three rounds early. This is, we talked early, or I don't know if it was on a pod or, or just in a, on a call we were doing, how, how valuable it is to just know your opponents and know what yes. they're going to do. And it just seems like the Patriots don't think there's any value in knowing what other teams might think. They could have Seriously. drafted him in one of their four round six picks, probably. Like, who knows? I don't know. Or even, yeah. even go fourth round. Who cares? Like, yeah. That, like, in the fourth round, that's when you take swing, like, big time swings on small school kids, or even end of the third round. I know. We're splitting hairs, but we've talked like Howie Roseman. I, like I've watched interviews with him where he talks about how he spends as much time studying other GMs as he does players. Yeah, and you see the value there. He he perfectly predicts how the board's going to fall every year. Yep. Yeah, he uh, he can have it narrowed down to like three scenarios, and he's got a plan for each one, whatever yeah. whatever way it goes. And Belichick's out here. Just, Belichick probably ruins his his board every single year because Belichick just does stuff that he's like, well, yeah, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, Bill's the kind of guy like if he's playing fantasy, like he's gonna draft a quarterback one overall, you know, in a non super flex league. Yeah. Just because that it's just my guy. It's just yeah. my guy. I'm just drafting my guys. You know. Um, so yeah, that was the worst pick. The surprise pick for me was City So. Eastern Michigan mm-hmm. interior offensive lineman. This dude is an absolute freak athlete. His tape is pretty good too. Uh he dominated that level of competition in the Mac, the Maction. This this is another Patriots esque pick, but this is a good the good side of it where they always uncover these interior offensive linemen that can play. They do. Yep. Corners um, and O line. Corners is and O line. They just yeah. nail it. Yeah. You just they're never wrong almost. You know. Um. So I, I think he he ends up being a starter for them, and he you know Patriots fans are probably looking at him like a day three guy. Ah, whatever. But I think this is a guy who ends up being a starter for them and probably a good one. Yeah. I'm gonna go with. Uh, upshot upside shot here and go Kayshawn Booty. I don't think Kayshawn Booty is any good. I think <laughs> he's probably cooked, but get, he, he getting him in the sixth round is exactly where you, you should have gone. There was multiple grades of him going in rounds two or three, even leading up to the draft. The Which fact that they get him in six is, I mean, that's the perfect spot to take an upside shot for a team that has no nothing at wide receiver, really. So yeah, take your shot there. We didn't even mention that they drafted both a kicker and a punter. Again, this is the most Patriots draft yeah. ever. They're one of the teams that do draft those positions, like, religiously. Both in one draft, though. Both There's in one draft. Bad. It's crazy. At least they got the the Michigan State kid, though. That kid can freaking boot it, man. <laughs> Seriously, what a what a leg. We were, remember watching him at Senior Bowl? Yeah, he can. Dude, unbelievable. Yeah. But anyways, uh, I don't disagree on the Keishon Boutte. I mean, I don't like him, but again, where they took him and, and the potential upside there is pretty huge. I will say that City Sao had a, a exponentially larger vertical jump, though. 
than Keisha Butte at Combine. Yeah, and, and City weighs 320 pounds. So, yeah. anyways, uh, I went D D grade here. I'd go uh, C minus. Really? Yeah, I mean, the trade back, like, I really like what they did with Gonzalez, and it's just, I, I at least a lot of their picks were late round picks, you know? That's fair. All right, Jets. Um, I felt like this this whole division kind of stunk outside of Buffalo, so I'm probably going to be harsh with the Jets here too. I think their best pick was probably Joe Tippman. Yep, that is my best pick as well. Yeah, I thought you know I considered McDonald, but our model hated McDonald because um they just reached on him. It felt like they were forced to need. He ended up being my worst pick. McDonald did. A lot of people, there was tons of steam leading up to the draft night that McDonald was going to go much earlier than everyone thought. Yeah. So I don't, if they did really like him, I don't know that he would have fallen to them in the second round or something. Oh, I agree with that. I just think, I think McDonald was probably like a back end first guy for me, but it is weird to think that the Jets top two players were Gibbs and McDonald, Jameer Gibbs. and Yeah. <laughs> Not great. Right. Not great. But they get Joe Titman in the, in the second and he he was a guy that was getting mocked to go in the first round towards the end of the process and i think that's a good pick for them they needed offensive line help specifically on the interior i think he could start at center for them right away he could also play a little guard i know he didn't have a lot of reps of guard in college like 50 total but i think he's got the frame and the size and the strength to play guard so do you think that was the a better pick than going with like a tackle there because tackle was what everybody says they needed there was no in. tackles there i know pick. yeah yeah yeah, and I, and I like that they didn't reach on one because they could have easily fallen into that trap. Right. You know, which well, there's plenty of teams that did that. We'll talk about one next. But, um, yeah, I like that they didn't reach. So, I, I mean, on paper, too, if their tackles stay healthy, they're fine there. It's just those guys have had trouble staying healthy. So, all right, surprise pick. I went with um, my guy, Izzy Ebenaconda. And like, and then also like a shout out to Zach Koontz as well. Yeah, I was but, gonna go Koontz. Yeah, Ebenaconda is just a good scheme fit. You know, he's got the the top end speed and the burst, one cut ability. You know, I, I like him in that presumed outside zone scheme. Koontz, freak athlete at tight end. I think the value they got on him compared seventh to seventh round. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. The, I think I think that's good value there. Yeah, what Tucker Craft went in. The third round, you can... I like craft too, though. Oh, so one. oh, yeah, I like craft too. I'm just saying that, like, I don't know that there's a four round gap in their right. talent. Yeah, Schoonmaker yeah. for sure is like, yeah, I, I wouldn't even right. thought strange. anything was crazy if Koontz went ahead of Schoonmaker yeah, or strange, strange, strange right? yeah. yeah, yeah, crazy. So, uh, sweet, I went C for the grade here on the Jets. Uh, I'll go b minus i think they did you know i don't love the mcdonald pick but i don't hate it either and you know premium position i'm not going to kill them for that and they i like what they did with the rest of the draft um okay you're 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 being generous today (laughs) feeling a little first rolls plus you know plus the aaron Rodgers trade is factored into this you know why because they traded um didn't they trade a second round this year is there nothing in this? Oh, yeah, right. The second. Third? No, they, they still had the second. Did they not? What? Yeah, they did. So it was just the swap and the twenty-four-one. Yeah, and a, maybe a third. I think maybe a third, but 
Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because they don't have a third. Yeah. Anyways, let's let's move over to the NFC East. Kick it off with the Dallas Cowboys. I hated their draft. I didn't hate their draft, but I did not like it either. Yeah. So, um, it was tough to find a best pick. So I'm going to just go with my guy, Mozzie Smith, um, mostly because I mocked it. And that was <laughs> right. And so there we are. Yeah, he's my oh, no. favorite pick as well. But, you know, you get a guy that should help against the, a lot of their division rivals with their run games. Like you said, a big guy that moves like that is not common. It's not the flashiest position. They were, especially because they were talking about taking Matthew Bergeron at that pick, which would yeah. have been a reach. So, yeah, go with that as their best pick. Yeah. And then my worst pick and my surprise pick are the same, which is funny. <laughs> <laughs> my worst pick is Luke Schoonmaker. Yeah. He, it just felt like they forced this pick. Yeah. Um, they needed tight end, so they like forced tight end. But there was other guys, good tight ends on the board still. Yeah, there were guys I liked better than Schoonmaker, but even beyond that, it's like, okay, so Wa- Darnell Washington had the the foot, so he falls like a whole nother, what, I think Washington went like 40 after this. Yeah. yeah. Which, so whatever, take him off the board, but Tucker Craft probably would, would have been a better pick here too. Yeah. Um, it's like anytime you're drafting at the end of a run, like there was a clear run on tight ends, and then they get the last guy. Ah, kind of felt gross. I thought Schoonmaker was an early fourth round player. He has upside though, which is also why he's my surprise pick. I think he, the way Michigan used him, wasn't favorable to his skill set. Michigan has a lot of good tight ends, so they so Schoonmaker had to like take what he could get. I think he's a lot better pass catching option than than his tape suggests or his numbers suggest. I should say his tape suggests he he can do some things as a route runner. Um, so I think he could surprise while also is their worst pick because they reached on him. I think they're – yeah, he's my worst pick for all the reasons that you said. I think my other surprise pick would be DeMar, DeMarvian Overshawn, the linebacker yep. from Texas in the third round. And almost not even solely just because of him, but there was already reports of Micah Parsons putting on weight to play more – basically yep. play full-time DN. If Overshawn can fill whatever they want to get out of linebacker to keep Parsons on the edge, that – this will make this pick a win, whether Overshawn is even good or bad. Over, yeah, that, that's a good point. I, I like I liked the Overshawn pick, and it, that's about the range I wanted him to go. So I didn't put it surprising for that reason. But um, I love the way Dallas, like they have a type at linebacker outside mm-hmm. of um, Micah. The few guys they've drafted over the years, like Jabril Cox, is very similar to Overshawn. No, Cox didn't really work out. I think the way they wanted him to. Overshown has the same pass game ability. Super fluid mover. He was a safety for three years at Texas before he was a linebacker. So he's got natural yeah, coverage they ability. They love that and horizontal speed side to side. Yes. yes. Range. Tons of range. Um, he can play man. What I also like is he's really, really good as a blitzer. He His acceleration and burst is freaky, man. Like when he gets on the horse, it just he looks like he shot out of a cannon. Um I know Dallas doesn't have a ton of exotic blitz packages, but they could start dialing them up. You know, imagine rushing him up the B gap and then dropping Micah off into coverage here and there. I like to to screw with the the quarterback or the offensive line. I think I think you get some cool looks with those guys. Yeah, so, I do like that pick. I went with C overall though for them. Yeah, I'd go. I go C plus. C plus. Chris, generous Chris. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, the Giants. Um, Giants, I thought, had a pretty good draft, Chris. Um, yeah. I liked a lot of what they did, especially with those premium picks. You know, they didn't have a like a ton of extra picks or anything. They just did well with what they had. Um, I really liked the Jalen Hyatt pick. That was my favorite pick, especially yeah, no. because the the skill set Hyatt brings. It's not like they just drafted a good receiver. They drafted a good receiver that perfectly fits what they needed. Um, they needed that deep threat. They needed to add speed to that offense to try to stretch out defenses, maximize Daniel Jones. He has a really good arm. <clears throat> For all the criticisms on Daniel Jones, one thing he does not lack is arm strength. Yep. Um, and being able to push the ball down the field. So I love getting high. We saw what what Dable did with Gabe Davis and Buffalo. I think Hyatt's a much better version of Gabe Davis, but they come from the same offensive system in college as well. So they're like I think the transition is going to be natural for Hyatt. And I think that takes some of the risk out of it, which which was the <clears throat> the issue with Hyatt, right? Was there was some you're taking on some risk because of the offense he played in. Dable's already had success converting that type of receiver to his system. So I, I like what they're going to get out of Hyatt. I think he can play in the slot or outside for them. Yeah. And in the third round, that's the risk at that point. You know, it's it's not a big deal if it doesn't work out. He, he can play all over. He's They were very adamant about adding speed. They bring in Paris Campbell. Um, I don't even know like what Wandale Robinson's really role here is anymore. Because to me, their best wide receivers are going to be Hyatt either Hodgins or Slayton and Sterling Shepard, assuming he is healthy again. Um, but yeah, they've got a kind of a crowded wide receiver room right now, but Hyatt should offer something that a lot of the other guys can't. Um, yeah. The way I, I see that depth chart stacking out, I think you're going to have like at the X position will be Hodgins and Slayton. And then the, the slot position, you'll see one Dell in the slot backed up by Paris Campbell. And then at the Z, you'll see probably see Sterling Shepard to start the year. I think with the hopes that Jalen Hyatt works into that role. I think they'll keep six receivers. That's what they did in Buffalo for most years. So I think they'll keep oh Hodgins is good on special teams, by the way, and so is Slayton. So those guys kind of have built in value there. Yeah. And um, Darren so that, Waller is in the mix too. You assume he'll be lined up in the slot a decent amount as well. Yeah, and if you remember like a lot of Dable sets in Buffalo, they they would go eleven personnel, but they'd you know they'd go twins formations. They yep. wouldn't attach Knox to the inline necessarily. So um, I think that, I think that works perfectly with Waller. Yeah. Spread add speed and spread teams out. That's, that seems to be their strategy. Yep. For worst pick. I didn't have one. I th- I don't think they made a bad pick. I mean, we can argue about some of these like sixth and seventh round guys, but yeah, like but who cares? Starts. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. have one either. I was trying to decide and I don't, I yeah. don't think I have one. So I, I love the John Schmeichel Schmidt's pick. I liked Dion Tabank's pick. Um, for surprise, I went Eric Gray in the fifth round. Yes. Yeah, this was a good landing spot for him. Gray was kind of the lost soul in the whole running back class because he doesn't do anything special, but he does everything well. He doesn't reminds have any me clear deficiencies. He reminds me so much of Brian Robinson last year, like guy yeah. that didn't do anything special but did everything well. And I think Eric Gray, like Eric Gray, should have no problems being the backup to Barkley, like overtaking Brita. Brita doesn't do a whole lot of things right. Uh, he can, yep. you know, run fast and he can catch the ball decently, but everything else is pretty meh. Yeah. Gray can do everything well. He he could be a three down back for somebody, but he's just, you know, he's not going to like wow you necessarily. Yeah. You know who he, who he reminds me of is 
um, Jamal Williams with pass game upside. Yeah, that's that's that works too. Because because Gray in the Senior Bowl specifically, he impressed me with some of the routes he was running. Like mm-hmm. very very good cutting ability, quick some more a lot more quick twitch than Jamal has to his game. But when you look at them as runners, they they're very similar. And they're both willing in pass protection too, which is that's a that is a trait. <laughs> so um, I went overall. I went A for this this grade. Yeah, A A works for me. Um, all right, Philly. We'll get to, we'll get into your team here. I'm going to give them an F just to spite you. <laughs> a plus, and we can move on. <laughs> yeah, we probably really don't need to spend a lot of time on them. They're get, they've been praised by just about every outlet imaginable. So, uh, my favorite pick was the Jalen Carter pick, number one on my board. They get him at ten. They also yep. kind of fooled people into thinking they were going to trade up for him. They did not. They still get their guy. Yeah, that's that's my best pick too. Uh, I think you can make an argument for Nolan Smith, but Nolan Smith definitely I could see being off a lot of teams' boards because of they wouldn't know how to use him. Yeah, um, Philly is in a position where they don't really need to care how they use him; they'll figure it out. He doesn't need to be an impact player right away. Um, yep. So yeah, Carter's the best pick. Also, the draft is so much about risk management, and taking on Carter obviously comes with risks, but probably not a better team to do it. Obviously, the Georgia pipeline's intact, but established culture. You know all the things you look for and kind of leveling out a player and getting the best out of them. Philly has that. I think Carter just steps in, and it's all about it's all about business for him from there on out. So, yeah, let's get it done. Worst pick, I didn't really have one. I yeah, I went back and forth. Like, should I call Tyler Steen the worst pick? And then I realized no. Like, I think Tyler Steen he might be their starting right guard from day one. Yeah, and he's got chops as a tackle too. He. His tape was really up and down at Alabama, and I think that's why he went where he went. If he came out based on his 2021 tape, I think he he might go in the first round, Chris. So mm-hmm. um, I, I know it's crazy, but a multi-year starter for the best school in the country, one of the best yep. schools in the country, getting him in the third round, he he actually might be their day one right guard starter with, like you said, with tackle versatility. They love those guys. I, yeah, I don't think it's guys. a bad pick at all. Uh, he no. was going to be my surprise pick, actually. I do have a worse pick though. Okay. It's Tanner McKee. Um, <laughs> shocker. It's a QB, but not for the reasons that I've hated on so many other ones, more so because of how different he is. Yeah. Like what, like, so, so not only do these late round quarterback picks not work out now, you're going to add one that literally your entire offense would have to change. Like everything you put in would have to be different if you ever actually use him. My guess is they, you know, they had a higher grade on McKee than most teams saw him in the six and go, hey, this guy might get us a comp pick one day because some team signs him and he does decent in the preseason or something. Or yeah, like that, that I don't think they view him as anybody that will ever do anything for their team as more as you, this guy might rise in value because yeah, of his what his view of him was pre-draft. Do they have another um, QB on the roster? Mariota. Ah. Yeah, I was thinking maybe they just had felt like they had to reach for a quarterback because they didn't have a backup. But yeah, Mario. I mean, Mario does not. I don't know. Seems like DTR would have been a good pick for them. Yeah, he probably went way earlier than they thought he would. Yeah. Uh, for surprise pick, I went Keely Ringo. Um, that's kind of low hanging fruit considering he was considered to go way earlier in the draft than the fourth round. But um, yeah, legitimately, know. their third. Three, two third round picks and their fourth round pick could be starters for them at some point this year, which yeah. is tough oh, to I say about Sydney Brown to be a starter. Yeah. Which is, ball. Yeah. Saying a lot for a team that 
doesn't have a lot of holes and they didn't have to use premium picks on to fill those positions. Yeah. Dude, even their seventh round pick was good. Or, yeah. Stupid. <laughs> stupid. I'm mad. I gave them an A plus and I don't want to talk about it. You like the Eagles, don't lie. I well, that's the problem, is I I don't it feels weird to have such a heavy fandom attached to a team I don't root for. <laughs> they have so many of my favorite players. Like honestly, I mean it's it's great. Like Darius Slay, Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown. Like I love these guys. I've always been a Fletcher Cox fan. I'm a huge Brandon Graham fan. Now they're adding Jalen Carter, who is number one on my board. They're just doing everything the right way. Smart. It's just it's hard not to love them. Did you see it, the reports? Uh, did you see the reports of other GMs were told Pete Peter Schrager that they were annoyed with how much praise Howie Roseman was getting? Yeah. It also is weird, and we do got to get moving here, but it is weird that the draft room videos. Like how he has this like entourage of people behind him every shot and they're all just slow clapping the entire time. Yeah. It's almost like he's the emperor and he has like this army of stormtrooper scouts. They're just yep. stormtroopers back there. Yep. Just clapping. Oh, yes, Emperor. You're so good. You're amazing. <laughs> what a great pick, Emperor. That was awesome. He's yep. constantly saying, singing his praises in his ear. That is a little weird. Weird vibes, but all good. They are building a juggernaut. A sustainable juggernaut, too. Um, Washington Commanders, this draft was <clears throat> abysmal. <laughs> abysmal, yeah, is probably a good word. I don't know if I'd go that Beautiful. strong, but yeah, it's there. I don't mind the Emmanuel Forbes pick. I, I like he fits their defense. He was definitely going to go in the first round, premium position. I didn't like the pick, and it was my, it was my favorite pick for them. So yeah. that's everything you need to know. Yeah. Just Maybe. a little bit of a reach is all. Yeah, uh, yeah, nothing crazy. No, nothing crazy. I don't. Yeah, but none of their other picks like really jump out to me as like great picks. No, nothing. Uh, worst pick for me was Jartavis Martin. Yeah, GB from Illinois. Not even sure what role he's going to play there. He kind of does a lot of things. Um, that was one of the worst graded picks of our of the draft for us. Yeah, actually. I was not yeah. a Jartavis Martin guy. Yeah, I, I kind of I think Chris Rodriguez in the sixth round is a little interesting. They definitely don't like Antonio Gibson. I like Brian Robinson, but he doesn't exactly wow you. Like, there's a chance Ron Rivera just falls in love with the the banger that Chris Rodriguez is, and and likes watching him run over guys and carry guys. You're throwing him out as a surprise pick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's fine. I, I had no surprise pick because I don't think any of these guys will surprise you. <laughs> this is a bad draft for you. I don't think I've, you've talked this bad about a draft yet. <laughs> and we've seen some bad. <laughs> Can I ask a question really quick? Explain this to me, Chris. Last year, Kirby Joseph went it with like a mid third round pick to the Lions. Played really well as a rookie, too. So, like, backed up what you saw on tape. He played good as a rookie. And then in this draft, you have Devin Witherspoon go with the fifth overall pick. You have Jartavis Martin go with the 47th pick. So two top 50 corners. Then Sidney Brown goes in the third round again. There's similar spots to where um, Kirby Joseph went last year. These are all Illinois DBs. Have we ever seen... Like, we've seen Alabama do that or Georgia yeah. do that. Yep. But have we ever seen a defense as bad as Illinois <laughs> put out... Four DBs in 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 two years that all get insane draft capital. Not that not that I can think of. 
like Maryland threw for like 400 yards on this group. <laughs> yeah, what? they were not known for being a good defense. I know that. And it has me just worried. Like, there's no way all four of those guys can be good players. No, yeah. There's no. Or, or Illinois' pass rush just that bad that they were just leaving these guys out to dry. What about, like, maybe there was a time when the Legion of Boom in, in Seattle where they had the four elite DBs. They didn't always have an awesome pass rush, but still put out a decent defense. Like, maybe yeah. it's one of those scenarios. Man, I've just never, like, for like a, a they're a power five school, obviously, but they're just a, a mid made like they're almost a mid-major yeah like they're they're the you know runt of the big 10 or one of the runs of the big 10 including rutgers and they've never really had a competitive team since the the big 10 reshuffled their conference into two divisions i just never seen anything like this I, I, such a, a mid-school have an elite secondary and then they still routinely got torched by teams i don't know is there, yeah, has there been a non-secondary player from Illinois even drafted? I don't, I don't know one in the past no. two years. Oh. Like non-DB, like a, an edge rusher, D-tackle, linebacker. I don't know one off the top of my head. Yeah, me neither. I think they maybe had a linebacker this year get drafted. Or on UDFA maybe. No, that was that was Indiana, Cam Smith. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a, That's a good question, actually. Yeah, that's a little concerning. Yeah, super weird though. That all these guys got very high draft capital investments, and that defense is just kind of mid. But we'll chalk it up to D line play, I guess. All right, I went D minus for Washington's grade. I just look no. There's been no D tap. No other defenders drafted in the past two years. You'd you'd have to go back to 2017. Dwayne Smoot was drafted by Jacksonville in the third yeah. round. He's a decent player. Yeah, but he didn't play with any of these guys. So yeah. Nate, Nate Hobbs, the DB, was drafted in the fifth round in 2021, too. Wait, from Illinois? Yeah. Bro, my mind is broken right now. <laughs> Illinois, DBU. <laughs> Who knew? DBU. They've, they've taken the title from, from LSU, from Alabama, from Washington, Ohio State. They're now DBU, Illinois. Yeah. Champaign, Illinois. DBU. All right, I went D minus, Chris. What did what did you go? I'm guessing like A plus. <laughs> no, I'd go I'd go D. Yeah, D. D. Slightly above you. The first first day in history that you you actually you were higher than be on four straight picks. Yeah. Anyways, all right, that's gonna do it. What do we have left? Actually, we have. So we did the one day a- with AFC well, we West. Left, one. Yeah, right. Because we did the NFC West on day the first day. Yeah. So Monday we'll do the AFC West, and then maybe we won't talk to you guys for like a week after that. Sounds you know good. what I mean? I don't know. I need a break. <laughs> Tired of talking about these guys? I'm getting there. Getting there for sure. So, all right. We are, uh, we're going to get out of here. I have to record Take Talk next, which comes out Saturday. So we will, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Chris. All right. See ya. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.